we're going to be looking at the road to Emmaus. And as part of that, um, there's a bit in the story where basically Jesus is unrecognisable. So I thought it might be quite fun to um, just start off, just as we're still getting people um, back to us, if you can recognise these faces. Now, obviously, I have merged a couple of people's faces together. So, is, so who reckons they could tell who that f- first person is, the one on the left? You can, it's going to have to be one of those ones where you shout out. So I appreciate the fact that you're putting your hands up. We are on school holidays, so don't bother with that. Um, so if you could, if, can we have a shout out? Harry Potter, very good. Harry Potter merged with who? Hugh Laurie, very impressive. Well done. One point for everyone who got that right. And the people on the, on the right? Ha <laughs> ha, stop it. Right, Johnny Depp and Beyonce. Okay, so on the, on the next slide. Okay, so... A couple of these might be a bit more closer to home, mixed with a few people that you know, that you may have heard of from around the place. So, just out of interest, open with a joke, yeah? Okay, so, on the left, who, who is it on the left? John Groves, yeah, thank you. Mixed with who? The Rock, that's right. Okay, that is, John, that is what John Groves and The Rock merged together look like. And the person on the right? <laughs> a beautiful man, that's right. Okay, sorry. Steve Chick and Albert Einstein. Very, very impressive, everyone, who got that right. Give yourself a round of applause if you got that right. Very good. Okay, so, um, morning, everyone. Um, My name's Phil. For those of you who don't know, I've been part of this church for the last couple of years. Um, I actually came here originally at uni, um, so that was about 10 years ago, and then I've moved around various sort of different places around Hampshire and now back, uh, um, back here, which has been nice for the last couple of years. I'm married to the lovely Naomi, who is over there and is very pregnant. And so I have got my phone here. So, I mean, we've got about two weeks till the due date. So if I get a phone call and I have to just rush off, then you'll just have to like, have some worship or something like that. Because, I, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. Okay, so as a church, we've been looking through um, this this topic here, so the restoration man. That's what we've been doing as a, as a church over the last couple of weeks during the summer. And, and for those of you who, who haven't been here, definitely, definitely get it on the podcast. It's, the podcast is such a good tool for us, especially over the summer where maybe we've got some long drives, maybe we've got some, maybe there's some Sundays which we can't make. And it's just, a re- it's just really been really beneficial for us um, over this last time to see how the, the different appearances of Jesus and how people have encountered him in different ways after his resurrection. And, and on the first week which we looked at it, um, John, John Groves, not the rock, um, John looked at the, the evidence and the fact that there definitely was an empty tomb and that is a really good one for you to look at if you've got the time. So we're going to be looking, as I mentioned, on the, the road to Emmaus. Now, basically, these two, these two disciples, it was the time when Jesus was, um, had, had risen again. There was an empty tomb. They weren't really sure what was going on. And they're on this road to Emmaus. And, and it's in Luke 24, verse 13. And if we could just go on to the next slide. 
hopefully, uh, yeah, it does work out well on there. Okay, and, and what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read Luke 24, 13 to 35. I had wanted to, because it's the Restoration Man, I had wanted to have my three points to be DIY. thought that would be quite clever. Definitely didn't work, right? So D was easy because it's the topic's... The title's Burning Up Disappointment, so the D was well easy. But unfortunately, um, the three points aren't I and Y. So it's disappointment, an encounter, and then response. So instead of DIY, it's duh, which doesn't really fit as well, but you'll probably remember <coughs> it now. Okay, so if we could turn to Luke 24, verse 13 to 35. And I'm reading from the NIV. Um, and hopefully it's coming up on the screen. And for those of you who've got your, the app on your phone, we'll definitely be sort of like digging in and out of it as we go through. And what I'll do after I've read it, we'll try and read a bit, apply a bit. You know, for those of you who maybe struggle to think about your devotional times and things like that, as you're reading your Bible, it's good to just sort of read some of it and then apply it and think about how it applies to your life. And so that's what we're going to be doing this morning. So, Luke 24, verse 13. So, now that same day, so this day, the Sunday, the third day, when Jesus rose again. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you, go, as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us. For it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them, assembled together and said, It is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Right, can we just pray and then we'll get into it. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you've been speaking to us already through the worship. Lord, I thank you that you, you speak to us through your word. I just pray, Lord, that as I, as I come and just bring what I've got to bring, Lord, I pray that you would speak to hearts. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be at work. 
and that you would speak to many people here today. Amen. Okay, so we're thinking about disappointment. So I wonder what your earliest memory is of a time where you had to deal with disappointment. Maybe it is like the first picture here, where you remember getting a, a 99, you know, a nice Mr. Whippy, and already you were disappointed because it would cost £1.80. And, uh, and then actually you took your first lick and the ice cream fell on the floor. That's, that's fairly disappointing. Maybe it's like the next slide. And here is someone who went on eBay to try and buy a PlayStation 4. And obviously it was one of those ones where the picture was of a PS4 box. And in it, that's right, oh, tell me about it, right? And the, it was actually a plank of wood. Okay, so he's obviously spent hundreds of pounds on it. And it's been delivered and it's been a plank of wood. I mean, maybe for you it's more of a much more recent memory. We went off to New Day. I mean, we've discussed it a few times this, this morning that New Day happened. For those of you who don't know, New Day is a, uh, a festival where we took our youth group. There's loads of, loads of youth from around the country. Um, it's probably about six or 7,000 people there. Um, you know, really, really good time. And on returning, it's fair to say that my wife Naomi was disappointed that I hadn't shaved all week. Um, and I just had a furry fuzz on my face. Um, and I was obviously subsequently disappointed that she thought it was a furry fuzz and not just designer stubble. So needless to say, clean shaven now. Um, and obviously those sort of things, they're just you know, silly examples. But maybe for you, you remember being disappointed at an early age of you know, a role model or something like that. I remember being about 10 years old and being into my football, you know, being a, a fan of Liverpool and, you know, used to disappointment there and being a fan of England and being used to disappointment there. There was a moment where actually in Euro, before Euro 96, and it was the first, it was our first tournament, which I remember that England qualified for. I mean, it helped that we were hosting it, but um, we were, it was the first one that we were actually part of, which I can remember as a young boy. And I remember there being a time before the Euro started when the, the squad, they all went off. And these were heroes of mine. You know, I could have told you lots about them. You know, I looked up to them in many, many different ways. And, and actually, these, these guys, they went off for a bit of a pre-season, well, pre-tournament tour to the Far East. And as the... We don't need that slide. You can... Don't bother with that one. And as, as we sort of like... As we carried on, the... The, uh, the media started like, having these pictures and stuff like that. And what was happening is that they, they started revealing that these guys who I looked up to had been, you know, basically gone out on a big night out and got very, very drunk and got in all kinds of bother. And I remember being very disappointed, being like really gutted um, that actually these role models that I had, these people that I looked up to, were people who actually, you know, as, as you look a bit closer, you know, actually their lives don't really match up with what you're, what you're hoping for. And, you know, and in reality, you know, it could, for you, it might be something a bit closer to home. You know, your disappointment might be something a little bit, you know, close to home, a little bit more, more real than, than me as a 10-year-old boy. But, but the Bible's good in the way that it, it doesn't just shirk these issues. It, it actually does face them head on. And here we have, in, these, in this passage, we have these disciples who, who they were in Jerusalem and they were looking at, at things and they were thinking, well, God, actually, this doesn't make sense. Like, this doesn't make sense. This is not what I was expecting. They'd been following Jesus for three years. They'd possibly moved their lives. 
And they were disappointed because this Jesus, who they thought was the Son of God, who was a role model, who was a friend, all of a sudden that he, he died. You know, they thought that he was going to redeem Israel. You know, I mean, honestly, they, they thought that it was a, like a worldly redemption. They thought that he was going to do things in a certain way. And, and actually, uh, the sense of a, a sacrificial death and a spiritual redemption, they couldn't quite get their heads around. And, and they were disappointed. And, and actually, in their disappointment, what did they do? They thought, well, actually, I'm going to I'm just going to start, you know, walking on, my, walking on my way. And they started walking off to Emmaus. Now, it says that it was maybe seven miles, maybe it was seven miles, maybe it was a little more. But the, but the heart of the matter is that they were moving away from Jerusalem. They were moving away from where the community of believers were. They were moving away from where Jesus was. You know, as we read on, we know that actually they knew there was an empty tomb. They knew there was witnesses yeah? And, in, and in my mind, I'm thinking, why aren't these guys just starting up a, like a manhunt? Why aren't they getting their phones out and being like, you know, getting the Pokemon Go app and being like, you know, let's search for Jesus. Let's try and catch him. You know, that's, you know, the, in their hearts, they're disappointed. In their hearts, they're disappointed. And, and as they're disappointed, they're, they're starting to disengage with stuff. They're starting to disengage with anything that reminds them of Jesus, anything that reminds them of the church, the community of believers. And they're starting to walk away. Okay, now, you know, as I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, how does that, how can that apply to our lives? You know, and I think how, how often, when we're disappointed with stuff, do we just start to disengage? Do we start to disengage with church? Do we start to just think, actually, do you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna keep on praying so much for that. You know, maybe there's been disappointments that, that you felt around maybe the matter of healing and stuff like that. Maybe you've prayed for healing for a number, on a number of occasions and things haven't happened as you were expecting. And you've just started thinking, well, do you know what? I'm just going to disengage with it. I'm just not going to pray for that anymore. You know, maybe, maybe your Christian walk just hasn't turned out as you expected. Maybe things have happened in your life that you, you just weren't expecting and you started to think, well, do you know what, this, this whole God thing, I'm just, I'm just going to start disengaging, I think. And even for those of you who maybe are here, and you wouldn't say you physically disengage with, with God, but, but somehow in your heart you're beginning to just, just lose sight of him a little bit and think, well, actually, actually maybe, maybe God's not good and maybe actually he's, it's not going to happen as, as I was hoping. And we can easily begin to disengage. And what happens is that we begin, we begin to walk with these disciples. So these disciples, here they were, and they were walking away. And they were walking away on their road to Emmaus. And, and actually it was at that point, it was at that point when Jesus walked alongside them. At that point Jesus walked alongside them. And though they didn't recognize him at that point, he was definitely there. He was absolutely there. And so for those of you who this morning are thinking, do you know what, I'm disappointed in stuff. I'm disappointed with the way that, you know, that my grades have gone. I'm disappointed that I didn't get into the right, my college, didn't get right into my right university. You know, for some of us, we're just disappointed that, well, God, you said share my faith with my friends, and actually I did, and they didn't become Christians, and they just take the mick out of me all the time. Yeah, and you can start thinking, do you know what, I'm... You know, I'm I'm done with this. I'm kind of like I'm going to disengage. But it's at that point that actually Jesus walks alongside you. Jesus walks alongside you, and though you don't recognise him at that point, he walks alongside you. And 
you know, and, and he's there and he's walking with you and there's a sense that these disciples, they have an encounter with him. They have an encounter with him. And as we move on to the next, the next slide, we'll see what that encounter looked like. So the answer is always in Jesus and it's always in an encounter with him. So if you're here today and you're thinking, well, you know, I'm disappointed with, with God. I'm disappointed with the, way things have, with the way things have gone. Well, actually, you need to have an encounter with God. You, you know, it's, it's not always about an academic thing. It's not always about trying to work out things logically. It's not always about trying to work out the answers to your questions logically. You need to have an encounter with Jesus this morning. Okay? And, and what happens with, with these disciples is they encounter Jesus. He speaks to them, and he opens up the Bible with them. And I found a really good quote. So if we could have the next slide. And it's talking about how all the scriptures concern him. It says in, so I'll read the first bit before. It says, In what ways did our Lord show things concerning himself in every part of the Old Testament field? The answer to these questions is short and simple. Here we go. Christ was the substance of every Old Testament sacrifice ordained in the law of Moses. Christ was the true deliverer and king of whom all the judges and deliverers in Jewish history were types. Christ was the coming prophet greater than Moses. Christ was the true seed of the woman who was to bruise the serpent's head. The true seed in whom all nations were blessed. The true scapegoat, the true brazen serpent, the true lamb to which every daily offering pointed. The true high priest of whom every descendant of Aaron was a figure. And as we look through the Old Testament, every single part of it looks to Christ. And that's what we need to do. I know that some parts of the Old Testament are difficult to read. I get that. But what we need to do is we need to understand that they are full of Christ. And in our struggles and in our disappointments, we need to, we need to look to him to speak to us personally, but also through his word. You know, it's a, it's a sense that, you know, we as, as a church believe in you know, the word and spirit. And it's about, actually, we read the Bible, but we also sense God and his spirit speaking to us as well. And the other side of things is that, for some of us, you might, you might not feel that you're on this road. You might not feel that you've been disappointed in God, and you might not feel that you're, you're walking along this path. But I tell you what, you probably know people who are. You probably know people who've actually walked away. You probably know friends. You probably know loved ones. You probably know brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, mums, dads. You know, people who have actually walked away. People who have been disappointed in the way that things have happened and have just started walking away. I tell you what, this passage should encourage us that it's not about us. It's not about us bringing them back. It's not about us dragging them back. As good as the evidence was, you know, these disciples, they knew there was an empty tomb. Yeah, they knew what was going on. They lived with Jesus for the last three years. They knew exactly what was going on. And actually, as you read it, as you read what they, when Jesus turns to them and says, oh, what things? You know, like Jesus doesn't know. So Jesus says to them, what things? They basically describe the gospel to him. And they describe, you know, well, he... You know, he believed that he was the son of God and he died and then he rose again and there's been witnesses and stuff like that. And there was evidence for all of that stuff, but it wasn't enough. There was witnesses, but that wasn't enough either. There was witnesses which actually showed 
you know, who said, I've seen Jesus, I've seen him, I've seen the empty tomb. But that wasn't enough either. And what I want to say is that evidence and witness are important. But an encounter with God, an encounter with Jesus, is absolutely imperative. Yeah, that is what we're looking for. So if you're, if you're here today and you can think of a friend who actually is starting to walk away and there's no amount of like you just calling after them and you just saying, what on earth are you doing? Come back. Come and, come and see Jesus. Jesus is here. Let's, you know, let's live our lives with him. Yeah, no amount of that will actually do. They need to have their own encounter with Jesus. And what we're going to do later is we're going to be praying for some of these people. We're going to be praying for, for you if, if that's something that you connect with or praying for your friends if that's something that, that you also think as well. Okay, so as we look, you know, if, if we're here and we're looking at our friends and, and our loved ones and they're, and they're walking away, I want to say this to you. So you cannot make someone succeed. You can't make someone make the right choices. You can only give them the opportunity for success. It's the same with everything. So as a teacher, so you can't, you can't actually make someone learn something. You can give them the opportunity to. You can't actually change someone's behavior. But again, you can give them the opportunity to change. And hopefully this releases you from the burden, but it also outlines the responsibility as well. Okay, it's an encounter with Jesus that they need. And later on, you know, that's what we're going to be praying for. But there came a moment. There came a moment for those disciples. So they'd walked away in their disappointment. And they, would, they were walking away. Jesus had walked alongside them. They hadn't recognized him at this point. And then, and then he'd been speaking to them about the scriptures. And then there came a moment where it looked like he was going to move on. It looked like he was going to carry on. And they had to respond. If we could have the next slide, hopefully that's got. We can have the next one after that. Okay, there came a time where they actually had to respond. So I'll just just read that bit again. So as they approached the village, so this is in verse 28, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in with them. Okay, and then he sits at the table. He took the bread. He breaks it. And somehow in that moment, they realize that it's him. They realize that he's there. And it was him all along. And, and somehow in the, in the mystery of inviting him in, they, they realize it was him. And he's revealed to them. Yeah, and so, and so there's a there's a sense that there is a there's a response that we need to give. For some of us, we'll have had encounters with Jesus before, and there's a sense maybe that oh maybe he's maybe he's moving on. You know, you need to respond today. I can remember when I was when I was 18, um, and I would have said I would have been I, you know I was a Christian from from about the age of 12, and but I'd found it I found it difficult to be honest when um, when I was at school and, and all those sort of things because I didn't really have any Christian friends. I, you know, I didn't really find church very easy. And, and, there, and there I was as, as an 18-year-old and I was, I was going to spend four months in, in South America working with a Christian organization, doing some building projects and stuff like that. And, you know, but wasn't really in a good place. There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of stuff which, which I was very proud of in my Christian walk. And, 
And as I went to South America, and as I sort of took a step back from all of those, all of those things which I'd been part of, and you know the friends that I'd been hanging out with and stuff like that, actually, God met me. God met me, and and He actually started revealing Himself to me. And and I had an encounter with Him, and and He healed me, and I saw Him heal other people, and I saw Him speak to me, and I saw Him speak to other people, and I saw actually this God which I'd known about through Sunday school, that I'd known about through through the youth group that I'd known about for a number of years, actually, I began to have an encounter with him. I began to actually, you know, speak to him and he speak to me. But there came a point, and it was, it was probably quite a, you know, quite practically at the end of that trip, where I had to make a choice. Had to make a choice whether that was just going to be an encounter or whether actually that was going to lead to something else. For some of you, you've been to New Day last week. Yeah, and... And that would have been a real encounter with God. You know, you, you see God working. You know, you see him healing people. He speaks to you. You know, but actually, is that just going to be a, a thing which I do every year? Is that just going to be a, a one week and then for the other 51 weeks, uh, you know, nothing really happens? Could happen on a, you know, even more of a, a micro level, I guess, than, you know, on a Sunday. You know, we have this encounter with God on a Sunday morning. But then actually, what are we doing for the rest of our weeks? And for me, you know, going back to my story, I, I knew that there were some things which I needed to sort out. As I went off to uni um, and came to Union Winchester, I knew that, that I didn't want God to just go away. I didn't want Jesus to just disappear. And I knew that I needed to get involved in a local church. I knew that actually there were some things in my life which I needed him to just put his hand on and just sort out a little bit. And maybe that's you this morning as well. Maybe you know that actually you've had this encounter with God, but you need to respond in a certain way. You know, for the, you guys who've been out in Zambia, you know, absolutely fantastic. But actually, is it gonna, how's it going to change your life now? What is, what is your response going to be afterwards? Yeah, and, it's, and it's, such a, like, it's such an important thing that it's not just about an encounter with Jesus but actually, what is our response? What is our response? It says, if we look at the next slide, it says in Revelation, it says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. And as you let him in, you see him. And, and for some of us this morning, Jesus is standing at the door and he's knocking and he's wondering what you're going to do. What you're going to do. Maybe you've never actually stepped over that line of faith. Maybe, maybe you've actually never said, oh, I'm a follower of Jesus. Maybe today's your day. Maybe actually you, you know in your heart that you've been disengaged with church for a long time. You know, you've been disappointed in, in, in whatever really. And you've been, become disengaged. And maybe today's a moment for you to encounter Jesus and to respond to him as well. He's there. He's standing at the door and he's knocking. He's wondering, you know. What are you going to do about it? There's the handle. You're going to let him in. And as you let him in, you'll see him. You'll see him. You'll recognize, oh, it was him all along. In all those circumstances and all those things which I've, you know, kind of been wrestling with, actually, he, he was there all along. And as we go back to these disciples, you know, for them, they saw him despair turn to delight. And at once... At once, so this would have been like in the evening, so they've walked hours, and, and at once they, they went back. They went back to where the community was. They went back 
to these people who, interestingly enough, and this is something which um, actually James shared about a couple of weeks ago when he was doing his preach, that actually they themselves, you know, they needed their own encounter with Jesus as well. You know, so, so they went back to the room which was, which was locked. They were locked away in fear. James did a really good job t- talking to us about it. And actually they were locked away in fear. And, the, and these disciples, Cleopas and, and the other disciple who, who we don't know who it is, it's probably his wife, but they've, they've come back and they've said, oh, look, you know, the evidence is here. We are witnesses. We've seen the risen Jesus. But they themselves needed an encounter with Jesus as well. And he does. So graciously, he comes in, in the mystery of his, post, you know, his post-resurrected body, he comes in and he meets with them. And I tell you what, he'll meet with you again this morning as well. He'll meet with you. The risen Jesus, he's here. He's here. And he's looking to meet with you. I'd like to invite the band, if you could just, if you could just come up here. That would be great.